and welcome to Bring Your Own Popcorn. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, Jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, here today with a very special guest, comedian and writer, Diana Hong. Hello. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me. So stoked to have you on. I asked you to be on because I saw you posted a stand-up clip where you were wearing a a shirt for the movie you're going to talk about. And I was just like, hell yeah, we got to, we got to talk about this. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it was, it was great. Actually a friend, I got really lucky with that shirt. I she didn't want it anymore or didn't fit or something. So she just passed it on to me. And I think she got from Target. Oh my God. And it's like, I've been, I only wear that shirt and an R2D shirt. Shirt. Those are the only two shirts I wear. Uh, so I was really stoked to have another one because my R2D2 shirt was having a lot of holes in it. Oh, nice. What a find. Yeah, very lucky. Thanks, Kat. <laughs> Shout out to Kat for the t shirt hookup. Yeah. So before we get into talking about the wonderful movie that you selected, I'm going to ask you a couple questions to get a background of what kind of movie watcher you are. All right. Sounds good. What was the first movie that you remember seeing in theaters? I think think it was Titanic that came out when I was nine or ten I don't know if you remember this time but like Uh Titanic when that came out it just like changed the changed the game completely like there was like world records being set and like my parents never let me go to the theaters and I think I guilt tripped to them into this one because I was like everyone is watching it I can't wait because my parents had a video store so they were like you know paying for a movie in a theater they're like it's a waste of money you're gonna get you just have to wait a couple months but like that movie they uh my my dad like caved in and let me watch with a friend and uh I mean the internet wasn't a thing and he definitely did not know about the car scene oh uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so like it was so awkward because I think he sat in between me and my or like I forgot but he like just reached over and like covered our eyes (laughs) I was so embarrassed but yeah that was yeah that was the first time I that I can remember that I went to a theater and uh what an experience (laughs) yeah Titanic is also the first movie I remember seeing in theaters and seeing the car scene with your parents there it's not comfortable No, and it's like, I'm surprised I didn't hear about it before or like, because you think people would talk about it, but I remember it like it happened live and I, my dad was just like so appalled and shocked, like he did not know what to do. Yeah, it was just a different time. You couldn't like hop on Twitter and like see the highlights of the the latest movie from a bunch of people. Yeah, and the fact that that car scene, like that hand part was just so... I, I so memorable it was so like I don't know I guess like things have changed like that was like the big sex scene and like now it's like full full-blown sex is like PG-13 <laughs> now so yeah things are definitely different yeah that's such a good point I hadn't I hadn't thought about the that that it was like a game changer like it was a big deal and now I don't know that it would be such no. a big deal <laughs> and I, I remember as a kid too forever like when it would get like foggy like doing the handprint we all thought oh, it was yeah. so funny and it was just like now look I'm like this is probably a very odd joke for 10 year olds to be making I totally forgot about that me and my friends did that too <laughs> whenever there was condensation yeah right watch we'll we'll bring it back yeah well I mean not really in California with all this heat maybe maybe a winter true. thing but true bringing back the Titanic <laughs> condensation hand <laughs> I want to hear more about your parents' video store. Was it a local chain or did they run a Blockbuster? Or? No, actually it was like a whole thing. Because Blockbuster, I think people forget. Like there's that new, um, I don't know if it's actually been made or if it's like what the deal is on the stages, but there's a new like rom-com type of series coming out, television series I think it is, about the last Blockbuster. Oh, cool. And it's supposed to be like a new office work thing. And the thing that like kind of is weird to me is that we forget that Blockbuster was a corporation. Blockbuster and Hollywood video like try to take my parents out of business like they were like taking money away for like because they would purposely open up next to small shops because they're like oh this is like a proven area and they'll open up and like try to to put them out of business so like I hated Blockbuster and Hollywood for a very long time but yeah because my parents had like it wasn't necessarily a chain they like just bought stores so we had two in Sacramento at one point I I think there was like a total of three at like 
like at the max, but there was like two in Sacramento, one in Davis. And then I think it turned into like one in Sacramento and two in Davis, like Davis Woodland area. So there was like a lot of driving back and forth, but it was like very small, very local, like uh, <laughs> times were so different. It was like definitely in the nineties. Like my parents had a, uh, they had a porn section. Mm, nice. It, and the thing is, I think they bought it with the porn section. And so <laughs> I remember one time there was a newspaper article that was like talking about how people are like protesting my parents' store. Oh my god! Because of the porn section, like it, this, this you know the night, like everyone was like pretending. So yeah. <laughs> and I remember like being a kid and like asking my dad when I saw the article and being like, Dad, like, are we gonna get rid of this? Like, what are we gonna do? Like, people are mad. And he was like, That's our number one money maker. We are not doing a single thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so it really like just like it was just so crazy to be like, Oh, you see this in the newspaper where people are like supposedly protesting, but we're making all this money from it right. somehow you know right and it was just yeah it was local very local like it was you know a lot of teachers firefighters that came in cops and stuff like that it was just like a very local for porn yeah exactly right <laughs> like it was just so weird to like rent porn from like rent porn for these people yeah but, yeah especially like as a kid too like, but I didn't know what those movies were because it was like sometimes the ones that didn't understand instructions would bring up the box with the cover on it mm. instead of just bringing the movie with the the box with the VHS so they'll be like yeah. do you have this and I'm like like six <laughs> oh, like no. uh <laughs> let me check in the back <laughs> oh yeah good good time so like movies were definitely like a lot of my childhood I would say for sure yeah that makes sense that's really cool so that was the first movie that your parents took you to was Titanic yeah and then what was the first movie that you remember seeing in theaters without parents or any supervising adults I think it was called the thing mm. I want to say it's called the thing I remember it being really bad but part of me for whatever <laughs> reason wants to say it was our if it was pg-13 I think it was the thing because I a group of friends and I were just sitting around because we had to look up movie times in the newspaper mm. mm-hmm. like <laughs> that's why I'm like I remember it was like us being bored and looking for movie times in the newspaper and we're like, oh, let's try the thing. And I was the only one that hated horror movies. And I was like, no, I don't want to watch this. And I got outvoted and we went and it was ha- hands down the worst movie. I think the second to worst movie I've ever seen in theaters. <laughs> Damn, and- wait. So is this the thing, the the like prequel sequel that came out in 2011? Or was it a re-release of the 1982 thing? I honestly don't remember. I don't even know if it was called a thing. Maybe it, I don't think it was it because that's the Stephen King thing. Mm-hmm. It couldn't have been 2011. It had to have been earlier than that if we were looking at newspapers. It had to have been like 2002 or something like that. I, I remember being in my friend's living room and there was a group of us. Like I have the exact scene in my head. Yeah. But I do not remember the movie. I wonder if I just asked my friend if they remember because I was pissed every time we go to a movie and it's bad I get so mad (laughs) yeah same I I will walk out people are always shocked like I've walked out of so many movies even if I paid for it it's not it's not worth my life (laughs) do you ask for your money back when you walk out no I I I, because I've always just been like I hope it goes to the workers or whatever and then when I actually worked at a movie theater I found out it doesn't go to the workers the but the concessions do that's why the popcorn is like ten dollars because they're like we got to keep the lights on and pay these jerks eight dollars an hour oh wow i didn't so we got to make the popcorn really expensive that's a uh, very good to know now i don't feel bad about like, <laughs> the popcorn or talk shit about it i'll see if i can figure it out i remember it being like one or two words it was a horror movie i honestly don't remember how much more than that i think it was like kind of like trying to do a jump scare it was i don't think it was a person i think it was like more of like a ghost type of thing okay and I just don't remember much because I pretty much blacked it all out I was so (laughs) mad because I hated horror movies and it was so boring oh okay so you weren't scared you were just like this sucks (laughs) it was it because it wasn't scared but I did there was like trying to do jump scares and I feel like uh, for me like even if I'm not scared if you try to do a jump scare to me like I will jump like I'm on Mm. my anxiety's on a 10 for like an hour and a half or two hours and like Mm. then if all and I think I remember only like one or two happening but like my anxiety stayed at that level so that's why I was even more pissed 
is because I was like just like a child just anxious for two hours and it only needed to be anxious for like maybe like five minutes that makes sense so you were just like full of adrenaline the whole time yeah and I was uh already an anxious kid so it was just like at an uncomfortable level oh I remember the reviews were bad too and for some reason <laughs> we were like let's just go maybe they're wrong because there was a period where like people were like these re- these critics don't know what they're talking about yeah and sometimes they got it right yeah yeah if you if you figure it out send me and I'll just edit it in a, like a little clip where I'll be like the movie was blah 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 <laughs> addendum upon further consideration we believe that the film Diana was thinking of was they from Wes Craven released in 2002 with a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes other than the movie that you've selected for our feature featured film tell me another one of your favorite movies of all time and why it's one of your favorites uh, the first wives club oh. is is like uh, Diane. I think Diane Keaton. Uh, it's like a whole bunch of like OG <laughs> white women. I I have a thing for like not like a thing like a crush thing. I just like have a soft spot for like older white women actresses <laughs> like the Lily Tomlin's Jane Fonda. Like you know like just yeah. that. Diane Keaton like I just I love them so much and it, Bette Midler's in it and Goldie Hawn like that it's just a solid cast because my mom my mom and I never really got along and uh the one thing we did get a lot was just like certain movies so one of them was like some like it hot she introduced me to that and then the first mm-hmm. love wives club which now looking back on it I'm like maybe it's because she wasn't in a happy marriage with my dad I think it's more telling now uh looking back <laughs> yeah. on it but um it was like a time that we could like get along and the movie itself is just so good. It's definitely about uh, women like finding themselves and becoming independent women basically. And like they get like, you know, are, are we allowed to cuss? Yes. Okay. Okay. They get completely like <laughs> fucked over by their husbands, you know, and then they build this club and they empower each other. And it's about that journey. And I, I think just to see a cast of also older women and like being at that age that I was and just seeing strong women like that um, really just left an impression. I, I still watch that movie and just, it, it, it makes me so happy. Yeah. It, I had never heard of it. I just Googled it and it looks, yeah. What an all-star cast. And I agree. It's so good to just see older women beginning to star in a film and not be like the mom who's like a side character or background character or whatever yeah definitely recommend watching it for sure it's it is kind of crazy uh because it's I don't want to spoil just watch it I don't want to spoil the beginning because <laughs> the beginning also is like under the underlying thing about it too is like it, it's it starts the way it starts, it, it, I feel like mental health is very important. So like it, it touches on a lot of stuff. Um, so I definitely recommend watching it for sure. Nice. Yeah, I definitely am going to figure out where I can watch it because it looks hella cool. Cool. So overall, how would you describe your relationship with movies? I know we've touched on it a little bit, but what else? I think now I would say I'm a pretty, I'm just pretty casual with it. I think movies now are... I just haven't found anything that really like caught my interest. I think the only movie right now that I I really want to see that I haven't yet, and this is shameful to admit, but it's like everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh yeah, uh, that's yeah. I know I need to watch it. It's definitely still on the list. I think we're just in a weird time, not a weird time, but a very exciting time where like our scope of movies is now coming is so big now. Like a lot of Korean, like Parasite, want you know is like Korean movies are getting out there. And like, I never really had that as a kid, but also like I'm Korean, like I grew up with that stuff. So like, it's exciting to see, but also, I don't know. I don't really, I feel like I'm at this age and there's so much content now. It's hard to keep up with movies. So I don't really, especially since I I did that all like as a kid, I think I just kind of grew out of it. I didn't necessarily like go down that path of still being like a hardcore movie goer. And I think I also was discouraged too, like, as a kid because like if you want to be a fan of something you had to be a fan or you're just a poser Mm. you know so like I think I always psyched myself out of a lot of things that I was interested in because I just never got to be able to be included in those groups Mm. but I think now like uh and also movies are too long like I feel like everything (laughs) I try to watch is like over two hours oh I know right and I tried to um the last movie that I watched was like the new Batman with Robert Pattinson just because I love I love the old Batman it took me 
three days to watch and not yeah. necessarily that it was bad there I have my own critiques but it was just so long and I had shit it's to over do. three hours right yeah like I don't have time to sit and like and like for me my memory's so short like that's why I, like movies are so hard versus like now I'm more into tv shows and like because mm-hmm. so I think that's where my difference is and then right now there's a lot of movies that I do want to watch that do tell or I feel like a more accurate depiction of what my life was like the immigrant background or being a child of immigrants like Minari is one of them but like I I think I'm also at a point where like maybe I need to go back to therapy because I can't like because like my dad passed away like right when I was about to watch that I was like I can't Mm. so that's another thing where I'm like also a little detached from movies because I'm also not ready to feel things that I probably would want to feel or enjoy and then I don't know. I feel like the comedies right now are just like, they're all, the, everything's kind of been done already. And I've already liked the stuff in the past so much. So I, I'm very casual. If something pops up on the radar, I'll do my best to to watch it. But that's kind of, I, I rewatched the same thing over and over. Like the way we were going to talk, I, I, I still watch that every single day. My girlfriend's memorized it because of me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, they so they did studies on that phenomenon of like, why do some people really like to watch the same thing over and over, in particular with anyone who's experienced trauma, including like, you know, the loss of a, a loved one, it reduces like it reduces your stress and it like releases certain chemicals because because you've seen it because you know exactly what's going to happen next and so much of the time in life you don't know what's going to happen next and something bad might happen next but in the movie like you know exactly what's going to happen and that's very soothing to like to your psyche yeah I I think that's I I definitely agree with that because I feel like that is why I watch the same so even like Law and Order SVU like I'll watch it from the very beginning and it brings me comfort (laughs) and I know there is a whole thing going on with like true crime and stuff bringing us comfort but like for me it was also another level because it was on you know on reruns and stuff like that and so like it really was it was like sounds that filled your house like Mm -hmm. because we didn't really have the internet and like it was like things were still like cds or tapes you know and like the tv was also another sound yeah i definitely agree it is it just kind of does feel like home almost yeah i totally i love that phrase sounds that filled your house i that's so true i don't know if do kids experience that now because i feel like now that everything's it's not you don't just like turn on a channel and just like let it play anymore I feel like but I don't know I haven't been in that many people's houses <laughs> maybe right. people still do that I don't it's so hard to say I feel like also the thing that's different too is that uh, yeah who has tv and who can afford channels nowadays really um mm-hmm. but also like people don't have time and we're just so bombarded with so much content all the time that it is kind of like if you do have something play in the background it's Netflix and then they'll stop and ask are you still there and it kind of just breaks out you know like I I am very curious like if people are still doing that because I I don't see that happening anymore um especially like now that like streaming is so available with music like now I'll I'll like stream music or um I got really into self-help yeah I probably do need therapy I got really into self-help and so I'm just like watching that on YouTube a lot and but I've never really thought of how I used to just turn on a channel and let it go and be like oh I've never that's how I got introduced to a murder she wrote as a kid you know you just like let the channel (laughs) play and then eventually you find something but yeah, I'd be very curious. I don't I don't know if people do that anymore. Yeah, it was just like the white noise of the 90s and yeah. also like literally the white noise because most of it was white people too. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very, very true. Yeah, I love that. I love that overview. I'm also very into the self-help. Like I like self-help podcasts and I, I like audiobooks. Google Play Library. You can you can uh, rent books or download books. Oh, cool. It. I'll check it. Yeah, because my friend introduced me to the Libby app. Oh, yeah. I love Libby. So much self-help and also uh, like money management. <laughs> nice. And I, I've been trying to throw I'm like, I need to read fiction. Like I need something to break me out of this, like just to like kind of cleanse my palate. Totally. But then like as I'm looking through, I just I just uh, put another like money management book on hold. I was like, <laughs> this isn't fiction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it feels feels like fiction. (laughs) Money? Yeah. Having money? Me? (laughs) Paying off your debt? What? (laughs) A fantasy. Cool. So I 
I'm hoping the Zoom, I think it might be doing the 40 minute limit thingy. So for most of the pandemic, it didn't actually do that. They were like, ah, it's a pandemic, here's free Zoom. But it might cut us off. So if it interrupts us, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. It's so funny that they were like, yeah, it's free. And then science still said, the hospitals still say it's a pandemic. Like, yeah. oh, we might go into a mask mandate, but Zoom's like, nah, you guys, this went on too long. <laughs> yeah, we gave you too much. My girlfriend works at a, a production company and they give free free masks. Oh, damn. Like TV production or? Yeah, it's, but they're not, like she was on set, but like she works in an office as well and they give out free masks. Oh, like she so just cool. gets like free K95 masks. Nice. I feel like it's kind of messed up that they treat Hollywood people <laughs> better than them. Yeah, Hollywood has been like, I've heard that they have been surprisingly amazing like at like avoiding COVID spread on sets because of stuff like that. Just give your employees free masks and it works. Yeah, I feel like uh, when you put money in the equation of, cause like if certain people get COVID, the whole thing shuts down and that's like right. millions of dollars. So, mm. I mean, healthcare, the well-being of people might not, change policy but millions of dollars will always change policy you know like yeah so there it is that, yeah <laughs> now that now that we kind of talked about it it all makes sense <laughs> i'm not surprised at all <laughs> yes that's a very good point very true this is normally the space where the ads go but we are back with another future predictions this time about Spiri, creator of Circles Webtoon. Circles is a webtoon about a unique group of demons who like to skate and spend their time exploring the world they live in and discovering more about themselves. As for Spiri, she will also learn more about herself after she misplaces a cherished piece of jewelry and not even notice for several weeks. Once she does notice, she will realize that the piece of jewelry represents a part of herself that she has not thought about in many years. After meditating on that for a hot minute, the jewelry will reappear exactly where she already looked. Was the cat playing with it? Did it briefly turn invisible? Did a spirit borrow it for a midnight ball and return it at the stroke of noon? That knowledge is another treasure for Spiri and Spiri alone. This has been Future Predictions with Mixtape Majesty. If you would like your own future prediction, follow Bring Popcorn Pod on Twitter and look for opportunities. Okay, the movie that we're talking about today is an animated musical comedy adventure film produced by Disney Movie Tunes and Walt Disney Television Animation, which was based on Gro Goof Troop, not Groof Troop, <laughs> an animated Disney afternoon show. This movie was the feature film directorial debut for Disney story artist and animator Kevin Lima, who went on to direct the Disney films Tarzan, 102 Dalmatians, and Enchanted. In 1995, Lima said that instead of just keeping Goofy one-dimensional as he's been in the past, we wanted to give it an emotional side that would add to the emotional arc of the story. We wanted the audience to see his feelings instead of just his antics. Writer Jim Megan stated that the father-son dynamic of the film was inspired by a story from former Walt Disney Studios chairman Jeffrey Katzenberg, in which he and his daughter, with whom he had an estranged relationship at the time, went on a road trip together, during which time they bonded and improved their relationship. No word on whether or not they saw animatronic possums on that road trip. <laughs> Because the film had been greenlit by Jeffrey Katzenberg, who was recently fired, the film's release was deemed by Disney to be just a contractual obligation, so they didn't give a whole lot of shits about it. It then didn't make much of an impression at the box office and received mixed reviews from critics, but after its home media release, the film garnered a cult following. People went crazy for this movie once it was like out on VHS, the enthusiasm of which led to a direct-to-video sequel in the year 2000, five years later. We are talking about a goofy movie. Diana, thank you so much for choosing this delightful film. To start us off, in your own words, can you tell me what happens in this movie? Okay, I'm going to try to keep it as brief as possible because <laughs> so much happens in this movie. And yeah. I also think it's hilarious because the uh, the joke that you saw is... Uh, I, I wore this shirt because... Are you on the one with the goofy movie? 
this movie or this is your favorite movie it also means that you have daddy issues and this movie <laughs> was about daddy issues mm, yeah so uh basically what it is is max is a goofy son and he's kind of an outcast there's this really cool singer that everyone likes is a uh, power line who is supposed to be a mix of prince uh bobby brown and michael jackson so what happened was Max gets in trouble at school trying to put on this fake concert. And now his then the principal calls his dad. His dad starts freaking out that Max is on track to, to go to prison, which is also kind of like my life story. My parents thought I was going to go to prison for a very long time. No idea why. But so uh, what happened was right like at the same time that Goofy gets the phone call about Max, Max gets a date with the girl of his dreams and the date is during their uh, road trip that Goofy decides like, oh, I'm going to take Max on a road trip. So he's not going to go down the prison path. Like I'm going to steer him right. He just needs some father son bonding. Uh, the student body president was having a screening of the concert. So they were going to go. And then he like lies to Roxanne, the girl. And was like, oh, I'm going to go to the concert. That's why I'm missing our date. Cause she was going to go with someone else. And he was kind of a fuck boy and was like, I no, 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 don't do that. And uh, it's very toxic. Don't recommend when you watch it again uh let's keep in mind it's the 90s so he lies and then they go on this road trip there's the possum park which is like the knockoff chuck e cheese but very very sketchier and then uh they see they see big they just go on this whole adventure crazy shit happens they start bonding a little more and then goofy finds out that max like changed the map and so they get in this huge fight and then that's where they bond realizing that they like Max is growing up, but Goofy just wants to be a part of his life. It's very touching. It's, it, it is um, really telling, I think, about a lot of parent relationships. And I think, especially from my, my eyes, it was like the parent not understanding their child, which is a lot of immigrant stories too. So they bonded, Max gets to the concert. So basically this dude lies to this girl and then gets rewarded but in the end, he does, um, he is honest with Roxanne. So it ends very sweetly with like, he gets a second date because he's honest with once again, if you're watching this and as a woman, do not give this boy a second chance. Like it's not, that part, that part. Do, yes, do not. He, he, he doubled down on the lie too in the yeah. very beginning. She was like, really? And he was like, oh yeah, my dad and Powerline went to college together. Like complete fuck boy moves. Yeah. But she forgives him. Um, and he, his bond with his dad is definitely stronger because he, Roxanne's like, oh, do you want to go on another date tonight and he's like no I need a ball with my dad so it's a very happy ending but it's just a lot of adventure but also it mainly is like <laughs> with the whole boy girl relationship thing don't let's not listen to that the the father-son <laughs> relationship the parent-child relationship is is the, the the touching part of it and the the overall story that that kind of I think we can all learn and there's a part where um they talk about alphabet soup and then the I love you and like how they both got a little awkward and like in my experience like my family never said I love you and there's different ways of saying it and so like there are a lot of deep touching moments about that I know I went all over the place with this movie but it's just there's so much stuff that happens and it's the music is fire like everything about it is perfect and I love when people it was funny that the description was like oh it's a cult following because usually when they say cult following it's because it's either underappreciated but the other time I've heard a movie having a cult following was The Room oh yeah which is because it's so bad <laughs> yeah so it, which is but this is the exact opposite this movie's so good yeah. once you watch it and give it a shot especially if you are like that kid that was like a nerd or an outcast and like to be honest like a goofy movie is I think and there has been conversation about it being like the first black or blackest Disney movie because mm. it, it like I mean Powerline and like a lot of the experiences yeah. so like there, there's that element to it of like 
to be honest, why it's so good and like maybe why it didn't do well in theaters. But like it, when you watch it, there there's just that story of, yeah, being the outcast and not, not understanding your parent and then understanding them later. So highly recommend. Sorry, the synopsis was not short, but I just- No, it's perfect. I love it so much. <laughs> I, I honestly think the reason it didn't do well in theaters is because of what I mentioned about how Disney was just like, fuck this shit. Like we only are releasing this because we contractually have to. Yeah. And so they, I'm sure they didn't promote it properly or anything like that. So I'm sure that's like why it didn't get the bigger push when it was out in theaters. Oh, for sure. I mean, we all kind of know Disney's a little- fucked up with a lot of things that they do and a lot of decisions they make so yes yes (laughs) i also realized jeffrey katzenberg he's the guy that did quibi wasn't he what's quibi quibi so funny that you said that (laughs) quibi was the thing that i think it was like an app or supposed to be like a type of service where it was like short form content only and it was kind of like do you remember this like their whole thing was like people are gonna want all the short form content so they just pumped millions of dollars into it It, i remember it being a guy that was like really well known in the industry and because the concept of the thing was if you understand humans and groups of humans, no one wants that. Like, I don't think anyone really <laughs> like subconsciously wants more of just like screen time because their whole thing is like, if you're waiting in line, you can just watch a short, like it's short episodes of things. It was like 15 minute episodes or five minute episodes. Like interesting. It was, it didn't last very long. Yeah. Yeah. They, it was a $1.7 billion. Ooh. That's how much they invest invested in this whole thing. Wow. And I remember hearing it and just being like, why would they give him like that sounds so ridiculous and to find out he was the only one he's the one that greenlit my favorite movie of all time <laughs> really i can no longer talk shit everything that i said about jeffrey i'm i'm sorry every i take back everything i said well he he also was the founding member with like one or two other people of dreamworks so after he left disney he was just like fuck you disney immediately went and started dreamworks and then made like smash hit after smash hit with like prince of egypt and like shrek that makes yeah okay that makes sense why they trusted him yeah because i remember it was like some dude that they're like basically he was like mr hollywood i mean also now it makes a lot of sense why i get dreamers and disney confused all the time <laughs> yeah but yeah i was like why it's so so dumb and then it's like oh no he knew what he was doing until he got stupid rich which i think is a story mm-hmm. of a lot of people like you just get so rich that you just do not understand what basic people want or like regular people would want yeah but yeah it was just just so funny that I was like oh man I gotta take back everything that I said this man didn't know what he was doing (laughs) yeah wild yeah I had no idea he was behind that failed project yeah look at I I mean it's very fascinating I think just just a tale of like what Hollywood does and also it's just you know when we try stuff I think you know we lose like two dollars we're like okay that's fine like I tried this I tried to build a birdhouse it failed it was like 10 bucks whatever right (laughs) But like when people in Hollywood fail, it's millions or like a quibi, billions of dollars, you know, yeah. and they're just like, I'm gonna just move on with my like go to brunch the next day. Like it's so wild. Yeah, it is wild, especially with just that they usually only green light white men older white men yeah i heard about that with i wonder if this is gonna get me canceled or like blacklisted <laughs> from the industry but like i can I always heard, edit it out i mean the people must know i'm a martyr <laughs> at this no uh because i i had a boss uh she she spilled the beans but i'll do her a favor and not say her name i had a my boss's boss uh like at a company i worked at years ago told me she used to work at disney and the reason she left is because everyone's basically grandfathered in yeah like no one leaves until until they die mm-hmm. and that's why she had to leave i mean she was also a white woman so it was like oh you know i can only feel so bad for you but <laughs> it was just like her thing was that you know she was like no matter how hard you work or what you do unless someone dies you're not moving up at all yep and so i think that's still as much as things are changing i think it's changing because of time mm-hmm. because it's always going to be a boys club and there's always going to be nepotism but then like on the flip end of it if you think about the work that goes into creative projects you do only want to work with your friends right Mm -hmm. like if we have a choice and what we do we want to work with our friends or people that are that we know are going to be 
be cool because like for example editors they spend you know 18 hours in an editing bay and if they're with one other person you think they're gonna want to be with someone that they don't like right and that's telling of like what kind of person that person who's in charge of doing it is but if they're there first you know it's kind of how it works I think nepotism is is, is trash until it happens to me but it's <laughs> one of those things that I feel like is one of those things that will it, it makes sense in this industry and I don't think that's going to change it's just a matter of I think us as audiences as like kind of like goofy movie it became a cult like it had a cult following so they made a sequel like I think it's up to us as like consumers or, or people that receive the art to be supportive of the things that we like and eventually like Hollywood will listen yeah and give those other people opportunities but it's very very slow changing but yeah it's kind of crazy because I feel like a goofy movie was a little bit ahead of its time or like there was a lot a little bit more uh, I don't know how to describe it but I feel like I don't know a goofy movie just like just blew my mind it still blows my mind how good it is yeah and I feel like now that's kind of why I was like I'm just a casual watcher now I feel like things are just trying to repeat the magic that's already happened and mm. you can't really do that like I feel like we should just build upon it like when things are like yeah. oh this is like the first this and it's like okay you say that but technically something very similar to this had happened already like 20 years ago we're just not making it better like I don't know I, I'm gonna get off my soapbox now that, that <laughs> derailed I meant to say I, I was gonna give Jeffrey Katzenberg his props and I somehow <laughs> went on a soapbox um yeah you're good uh, yeah my my friend did tell me I have white male energy so I feel like that's where that came from <laughs> oh I I didn't pick up on that but maybe it's just not coming out right now <laughs> it's it was after it was after a set so maybe oh. I went, after I get off stage and all the adrenaline well in comedy others. like in comedy you have to have a little bit of WME to get yeah. anyone to listen to you. <laughs> I love that you have an acronym for it. <laughs> yeah, just coined it just now. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that was a, you had a perfect synopsis of the film. The only thing I wanted to add is you were talking about like Max's fuckboy tendencies and yeah, like fuck Max. And I won't even get into my like <laughs> thoughts about Max, but yeah, Goofy is wonderful. He's a wonderful dad. We need more good dads. We need more depictions of good dads like Goofy. And also that he's not like, you're supposed to love him. Like he's not just a loser. Like I, I feel like there's other depictions of Goofy dads that, you're supposed to just think they're dumb and like not like love them the way or the way that you do with this movie. Yeah, I I mean the depiction of the dumb dad came from like what would it be like 80s sitcoms? Um like Family Guy makes fun of it kind of, you know. Yeah, and I think like The Simpsons. Like yeah, The Simpsons like the the dumb dad and I feel like what was very good about the Goofy movie like you were mentioned it's like he's just goofy. He, he is like, I can see as a kid, like he is embarrassing, but the heart is there. Yeah. The love is there. And the intentions are always good. Like the beginning part where with the first time we see Goofy is like him at work with kids. Yeah. I mean, what a throwback doing the, kid, the, the kids pictures and stuff and like how good he does have such a kind heart. And I to, to see that in, in a male and also like they make it very clear that Goofy's straight. And I feel like a lot of times where we see like more effeminate males or like males that are like like weird they're usually like they're usually gay or some type queer coded I mean, back then queer coded yeah, yeah. I, I felt weird seeing queer because when I was like queer was like not as a was kind of a derogatory term mm. but now it is a more like it's a term for an umbrella thing so I wanted to say queer but I just like old school me held back but yeah, yeah. It, you know it, it's very clear that he's like a heterosexual male dad which I think that type of representation is also very important because mm -hmm. he's the one that says I I love you first in the movie yeah so that vulnerability with emotions and him liking weird stuff and him also wanting to do introduce his childhood. Yeah, I I, I think that was probably also another thing about it to, to see that because I, I think seeing that I was embarrassed of my dad. I think we all were embarrassed of our parents. Like that's just the thing kids go through. But I think also another part with the Goofy movie that touched me was that I wanted my dad to be like Goofy. I wanted my dad to kind of have that side or at least let me in where we can have that conversation. So that was another thing that I think I also fell in love with the movie was the idea that there was this type of like father child relationship out there that it can get better and like I held on to that very for a very long time mm. and I, I think still like I I can't you know I can't re repair anything I have with my dad since he's passed but I can repair how I process and feel about the relationship and I think a goofy movie what I what really affected me too was that seeing that parents have their own side that we don't know as kids because 
unless you're in that situation where, and I'm not saying it's strictly just a parent child thing. I'm not saying you have to be a parent to, to have this emotion, but when you care about something so much that you kind of sometimes act irrationally because you just get so scared and get so protective over that, that person thing or whatever, I I feel like a goofy movie. That was the first time it made sense to me. Mm. Because before that, the movie I loved before this was A Little Mermaid. I loved that as a kid. Like, it's the whole outsider thing, I think, is. But really, it was just a movie about, like, Ariel ditching her family for a dude. And, like, it wasn't <laughs> yep. about, you know, right? Like, but I felt like this really gave that other side and also makes sense that it came from the story of a road trip with his estranged daughter, where it was, like, the uh, more of the parent point of view of just, like, I just want to be a part of your life, which is, I, I never thought about that before as a kid. Like, because when you're a kid and you're growing up and you're going through your own emotions you don't think it's only about your life you're embarrassing me like you're making my life so hard right you don't think about the other side and that doesn't really kick in until later I think but a goofy movie introduced me and like opened me up to there's another side of this and we just need to communicate and I think that is really kind of one of the most beautiful messages in, in the film is just like you just need to talk it out you need to be honest once again, Max Fuckboy <laughs> Dennis was not about yeah. that. But the, the thing between him and his dad is you do have to be honest with each other and to communicate and things, you know, that's how things work out. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally you hit the nail on the head of like I perceived that from the film, but I hadn't like quite articulated what makes that's part of what makes it so special is that's a very unique message that I I can't think of any movie before 2000 that has the same message. That's yeah, especially for a kid's movie. That's really good. Right. And I mean, of course, like things have changed so much Mm -hmm. from when just because like now we're being more open about mental health and emotions, like we're seeing a lot of that more now, Mm -hmm. but we're also like we're in our thirties, right? Like we're not, it's, it hit the message hits different for us now, if we were to see it versus the message when you see something, when you're eight or nine. And I think that's kind of the thing that I'm excited about with stuff now. Like I, even though the movies that are like, Oh, it's about representation or that it's not for me, it's for the next generation. And so I am, I think right now we're in this like weird middle ground where I'm like, I don't think the content is really there. I think the intentions are there. I don't think really the, the quality is there yet, but I think Mm. that's gonna not, not for everything of course but I think for some things and I think in the next 20 years we're gonna see some really dope movies like we already are but I think that when we see these kids grow up and also these kids are learning already how to edit or watch movies or because of TikTok yeah they're they're learning framing like they're learning these things already so I'm very excited I I think we're just we're just constantly growing but it is kind of interesting as a kid we saw this message uh, and then like now as an adult I do have a different appreciation and I am seeing this more in current television vision and movies but it just doesn't hit the same yeah so do you remember the first time that you watched a goofy movie like where you were who you were with tell me about the first viewing if you remember if I remember correctly my dad came home with it because a lot of times he'll come home with movies right before he he's like has to put them on the shelf so I get to see him before or like sometimes like nice yeah, it was really cool. I was like a popular kid because of it too. Because like sometimes we'll get movies like months before they release, like that weird Damn. like theater VHS release time. Yeah. Because we would get copies and then have to like figure out how many copies we needed based on like if we think the movie was going to rent well or whatever. Yeah. I was like only English speaker in the house. That was like my job basically. And he came home with it. I don't think it was doing well too. And most Disney movies I I can only watch at the store because like customers come first. But he came home with this one. And after I watched it, I remember rewinding it and playing it again and trying to do all the dance moves. Like the (laughs) amount of times I've also tried to do the perfect cast is like, it's a little embarrassing. But uh, yeah, I just watched it over and over. I remember the first time I watched it and then I rewind and watch it again. Then I had to go to bed. And then every single day for like months, I would watch it. And when I would go to the store, I would also be working, but I would put it on a repeat. So it'd be on for like 12 hours a day. Nice. at the start but like people wouldn't know because when you go to like rent a video you're not staying there for the whole movie so like right they think it's like something else is like, but yeah it was like my, my dad was definitely <laughs> sick of it uh <laughs> I think also my girlfriend is a little bit too but she knows it's like my happy my happy movie like if I'm having a hard day that's she comes home and a goofy movie is playing she's like oh this was a rough one <laughs> like, yeah. I 
I love that. It's so important to have like comfort movies like that. And this was actually a comfort movie for me too. And it, so it was really nice to be able to watch it again because this is the first time that I watched it in 25 years. Oh, wow. When I first watched it, I also just put it on repeat. And it was when we had moved from California to Chicago, like abruptly, like we it didn't know that it was going to happen. It was just like, boom, all of a sudden we were in Chicago and didn't know anybody there, no family, no friends there or anything. And for some reason, I don't know who gave it to me, but I had I had that on VHS. Like, I don't even know if I watched it with friends or anything, but that's like all I had, <laughs> like a VHS of a goofy movie. And then I had a Nintendo <laughs> and no friends in a strange city in the dead of winter. Oh, wow. And so I couldn't even go outside. And so I was just, I put in a goofy movie and just replayed it over and over and over to like cure my homesickness because also like you know they talk about California in the movies (laughs) yeah that's yeah I mean there's it hits a a lot of nostalgic points and I I feel like uh that's (laughs) I I think also it's so funny the amount of times like we get caught up on a movie because we're just like stuck with it like I I don't think kids (laughs) will know that that trauma (laughs) of just like this is what you're saying because I was stuck with uh I went to move to Texas one time and uh it was just me and I was stuck with white chicks. And um, is it like the perfect date? It was with Deborah, I think not Deborah Messing, the Deborah, other Deborah Messing, but then like um <laughs> Dean McDermott or something. He was like, she hired a male escort for a wedding date or the wedding day. Oh. I think it's called the wedding date. Oh, that's stuck right. with those two movies. Oh god. <laughs> three months. Yeah. And, but it's just so funny. Yeah, when you're you don't have internet, you don't have anything, you have to put something on repeat of all things. I'm I'm sorry that the move and everything, but congratulations. Just on it being a goofy movie, it could have yeah. been, I feel like it could have been a lot worse depending on the movie. For real, no, yeah, no, I loved it. Like, yeah, it's it's a, it's such a comforting movie. Even now, rewatching it again was. Yeah, it's great. It holds up, except for the fuckboy stuff. <laughs> yeah. I also, I think uh, what's so great about the movie, and I think the reason it holds up to, is that it starts with the last day of school mm. before summer. And because I, I watched it again uh, recently, too, and I, it took me back to that feeling of when you're so excited for summer yeah. break. Because totally. that first all, after today... I think just everything about it, it it takes you back to that time when like things were a little simpler, bills to not need to be paid. And then your biggest thing was, am I going to see a concert of my, you know, favorite artists? That was the biggest drama in your life. You know, like, how do I get these concert tickets? The nostalgia of it, I think, is also like the key and, and the comfort of a simpler time. Yeah, when you if you had one VHS tape, that's all you had. <laughs> yeah, uh, what games did you have? Oh, I had Link to the Past, and I think it's called Mike and Og. It was like the Caveman Super Nintendo. Oh game. wow, what a throwback! Yeah, did you end up beating it, or did you just give up on on oh, the game? Link to the Past, I played over and over. Mike and Og, I never got very far in because that game's hard. You have to like jump. There's a lot of jumping, and I don't know. In my opinion, it was hard. <laughs> I wonder, but I was six. <laughs> yeah, I played the Lion King game because I, uh, my girlfriend oh. got me those SNES, the mini nice. one, right? So we were able to put like different games on it. Do you remember the Lion King game? No, vaguely. It sounds familiar, but it I didn't was play it. so hard. <laughs> But it was like your Simba, basically, and you go through all the levels. I could never get past the the level where, like, I can't wait to be king. It's like level two or three. Like, <laughs> I've played this game for years. I cannot get past it. And then so I think she got it for me on my, like, 32nd birthday, 33rd birthday or whatever. So, like, only a couple years ago, and I beat it. Hell yeah. And it was the most <laughs> victim. And I was like, I wonder if it's just, like, my motor skills were not developed enough to, like, click fast enough, you know? Could yeah you if you get a chance I recommend trying to play the game again and see if you know being an adult helps yeah I should try again because I have a switch and switch has a Nintendo thing where you can like download old games and I think it's on there so yeah I'll have to give it a shot again oh well yeah (laughs) keep me keep me posted if you you can win I uh what I started doing is like when I play old games and I beat it I take a selfie I hate selfies I never take selfies but I take selfies with the the credits hell yeah (laughs) love it 
wrapping up to our last question here. I mean, we've touched on this a lot, but we can get into some specifics maybe. How would you say that this movie has changed or affected your life significantly? I think it's just affected my life, really. I don't necessarily know how much it's changed. Maybe it did. It's my comfort movie. It's the first movie that I watched that really made me feel okay being in my own, being in my reality. Because I'm an only child. Max is an only child. You know, there was that and like the the pressure of just, you know, I feel like the story would have been different if Max had a sibling, then Goofy wouldn't be so caught up in like just this one. But I think a lot of movies didn't, a lot of movies that I watched was a lot of escapism versus this one really made me, I didn't feel like I had to escape as much, as much as it made me just feel like everything's okay. Like it's normal to be that kid that's kind of an outcast and like try to be cool or want to be cool. It, it's normal to to not get along with your dad and have that complicated relationship. And then the part of like him getting on stage and people recognizing him. And I, I mean, I'm a comic now. So I feel like maybe it did kind of instill a little bit in me because that song Stand Out is one of my favorite songs. And I, I think I always felt like I just wanted to be recognized. And, and you know, so I, I feel like the movie did give me something that I recognized what I, I wanted and I didn't realize it till later. Um, but I think ultimately the thing I loved about it was that it made me feel okay. And it made me feel normal in a sense. Um, so that's why it will always just, it will just always have a special place in my heart. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Mine too. Everyone go watch a goofy movie. You won't regret it. <laughs> yes. Highly recommend. Heads up for the, like the dated 90s stuff. But oh, I, I will say like, besides the fuckboy stuff, there is also fat phobia in the movie, of course, because the 90s there's there's a couple little moments but you know it's the 90s just skim over those parts yeah uh now that you mention it it's just yeah there's yeah that's a great great note it definitely has its flaws I will be very open very open in recognizing that for sure yeah but it's always I just think it's important to be able to to do that too even for like our favorite things you know it doesn't mean that it's not great to just because it has a couple flaws you know that's that's very true I think it's it is very important to as an excuse for everything but some things it is important to note the context mm-hmm. of things for sure mm-hmm. cool well this has been a wonderful discussion thank you so much for being on the show yeah thank you so much for having me it was a lot of fun um i love nerding out about thanks for letting me rant about a goofy movie yeah and my girlfriend thanks you too i'm sure <laughs> she's fine. get some of that out of your system yeah she's like go go tell someone else about your theories <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, this was super fun. If people would like to find more Diana, where should they go? Primarily on Instagram uh, at uh, dhongcomedy. Um, I have a website, dhongcomedy.com, if you want to check out upcoming shows. But yeah, just follow me on Instagram. Love the numbers. There's that clip uh, that Aubrey was talking about. So uh, you can check that out. So, you know, you can see the shirt. The jokes, I think the joke's fun, but if you just want to see the shirt, completely understand. (laughs) love it alrighty thanks again thank you so much One, you're in your 30s, <laughs> right? Two, you have amazing taste in music. <laughs> and then three, you have daddy issues. And I just... <laughs>